And welcome to a new episode of The Simpsons Did It. I'm your host, Stephen Skolansky. And I'm your co-host, Robert Skolansky. And this week, we're gonna uh, see how bad the school is? No, that was last week. Yeah, this week didn't get much better in the school. No, this this week... Kids were getting eaten by snakes... Uh, this week we're gonna get sad this is a sad episode it's a great episode um honestly i'm gonna i'm gonna kind of spoil it right off the bat no no spoilers top three episode for me Uh uh-huh all right no spoilers okay but but i'm not spoiling the episode i'm just spoiling my my tier list (laughs) this is this is by far one of the best episodes I think the Simpsons have ever made. Like right. it is so good. Well, how about it's, you save it? Save it for final yes. thoughts. Yeah. Save it for final. Let's actually talk about the episode first. Yes. But uh, but let's 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 talk about the fact that eating your uh, prizes oh, inside yeah. your cereal boxes is not a good idea. Now, no. granted, granted, when we were growing up, that our prizes came wrapped in plastic and were pretty big. Yeah. So there was really no chance of us eating it, but uh, yeah, uh, yeah, let's uh, let's. Do they let's... still make? Do they still do that? Do they still put prizes in cereals? I have not seen. Aside I mean, from these color changing spoons, a lot I know of Funko, things are. A lot of Funko's... things are just uh, like what you call it. The, like you you QR rip code. off the tabs. Yeah. Like you rip off the tabs off the top of the box and mail them in. And you get like a cereal bowl or something yeah, else. That's dumb. Well, I know like Funko, their cereals, you get a little mini pop in their cereal. Yeah, but those cereals are trash. Yeah. They like, are. I've never like, had one. Like I got the elf one. I got the Conan one and all the cereal literally just like melted together. Oh, gross. Oh, it was bad. Like it was almost like eating crustios. Ooh. Like, well, yeah, they are poison. Yes. <laughs> um, so, so yes, I uh, would not recommend eating the Funko cereal, but having the box is kind of cool. I will say my only gripe about the episode is the title of the episode. And this week we are talking about season six, episode 22, Round Springfield. Now, the only thing I could think of why it was called that is because of uh, Bleeding Gums Murphy's, like, record. Like, round, like... But it's an apostrophe. Yeah. It's apostrophe round, which means they're shortening, first of all, by one letter, (laughs) around to round. So your theory does not hold water. Or is, like, that the way that jazz singers, like say things like i i don't know it makes literally like when i saw the title of this episode i thought oh cool it's the episode where we get all the little mini episodes of like all the different characters and then i started watching i'm like oh it's this episode and i'm like what the hell is the name with it what's what's with the title (laughs) it's weird weird title yeah um but anyways So so it's par for the course for season six I would rather have a on the nose title than a title that makes no sense to the episode. Fair enough. Um, air date for this one is April 30th, 1995. So we're getting into May. 
Count it down. Three more episodes after this one. Yep. Uh, recap. While visiting Bart in the hospital, Lisa discovers Jazzman Bleeding Gums Murphy is also there. Yep. So, yeah. yeah. Uh, we get a full intro this week. I know. It was kind of weird. Uh, Apparently, this was... episode is not as long as they were anticipating. Maybe. Uh, but I was kind of, I was like, I, I don't know if this is, I kind of want to see another full intro because I haven't seen a full intro in forever. <laughs> yeah. But a couple things I noticed. Okay. Um, at the grocery store, uh, when Maggie's getting scanned, yeah. uh, Marge is reading like Mom's Weekly or yeah. whatever, the magazine. Yeah. Crustios is the ad on the back of the magazine. Oh. And I couldn't for the life of me remember because I haven't seen a full <laughs> intro in forever. <laughs> If that's always been the ad on the back of that magazine. I, I want to say yes, but it's okay. also possible. It's also possible that they updated the, because they've updated the intro plenty over the last 30 years. Yep. So maybe because they got better animation, they actually added a little bit more to the yeah. intro. So, so next time it rolls around, I definitely want to see if Crustios is on the back of that magazine. Well, I mean, we'd have to go to the past. No, I'm talking about in the future. I mean, in the future. Well, yeah, future episodes are going to have Crustios now. Well, no, not if they, not if this was like a one-off because of the whole Crustios like serial thing in the episode. That's why Mm. I kind of, I kind of noticed it because it had Crustios. Uh, I I think, I think we've gotten Crustios in the future. Um, All right, we'll have to look. um, But also, you know, new animators. Um, Also, we don't get a full intro all that much anymore, (laughs) so. Uh, who knows? Uh, chalkboard gag. Uh, nerve gas is not a toy. Uh, yeah, I would agree with that. How did Bart get nerve gas? Uh, Professor Frank. I don't, <laughs> I don't like, know. I mean, last episode, look, 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 look. We had a bunch of substitute teachers last week. Professor Frank was one of them. I'm guessing he was trying to teach the kindergartners about nerve gas. I highly doubt about it. The, the, the high tech uh physics of the bouncy ball toy no stop talking dumb you don't shooting know that. that theory down you know uh, you know this is a cartoon right we could talk about wild <laughs> theories because it's a cartoon or so, you know there there is an army base near springfield you think bart rolled up on the army base and just stole some nerve gas probably it's bart Ooh, he rolled bart. up on a construction site and had people doing crazy shit. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe. Um, finally, our couch gag once again is a repeat. Uh, this is from A Star is Burns. Um, this is the family couch gag where the heights are inverse. So Homer is the smallest, Maggie's the largest, and Bart doesn't change. Yep. Yeah. I do. I do like I noticed this time around that Bart actually does kind of look around at he the does. Simpsons. He does. He's like, eh, I'm the middle child. I'm the same height. <laughs> yeah. Look at me. Uh, so we start this episode with the Krusty the Clown show. Yeah. And, and it's story time. <laughs> and uh, the, the story this week is about Krusty's new expensive suit. <laughs> Uh, his sexual harassment suit. Yeah, it's a new expensive suit. <laughs> yeah. Krusty's line is, hey, kids, it's story time. And it was later used as a voice chip on a Krusty watch that was part of the set of four Simpson watches that Burger King released in 2002. 
And for the life of me, I do not remember this. Nope, I don't remember them releasing Simpsons watches at all. Which is crazy, because, well, okay, it was de- it was my second year of college. Yeah. Uh, we had one Burger King on campus, and it wasn't even, like, a real Burger King. Yeah. It was, like, just a short little college, you know, one-off, like, mm-hmm. I don't know, five-seater Burger King thing. <laughs> So, oh, well, I mean, we had Pizza Hut on my campus, and it wasn't yeah. really a Pizza Hut. Yeah, and I wasn't ordering uh, ordering Happy Meals at the, the right <laughs> They probably didn't even my... have Happy Meals at your Burger King. Well, yeah, because it was a college campus. So Exactly. So, yes, in 2002, I probably did not realize that these were, were in existence. And You know, for all the TV I watched in high school, I don't remember ever seeing a commercial. Because I feel like we would have been all over it. Probably. Well, I mean, 2002, I would have been a sophomore, so I wouldn't have even had a car yet. So probably trying to convince mom or dad to take me to Burger King to get me a Happy Meal to get a Simpsons watch probably (laughs) was out of the realm of possibility. Yeah, I don't know. Kind of weird. So he, uh, Krusty goes on and tells us about his uh, new suit. And uh, we see that the uh, Simpsons have brought their TV into the kitchen to watch the Krusty the Clown show. (laughs) I mean, God, that thing has to be heavy. Nah, it looks. I mean, it looks like a maybe a sixteen-inch television. Maybe I don't know, but to lug that, do they even have? They don't even have a coax line in the kitchen. <laughs> you don't know that. We've well, never seen. Just because you've never seen one doesn't mean it's not there. And I feel like it's it's might be kind of well. I think it's probably against code to have a coaxial line above your sink. Probably. So, um, plus <laughs> maybe they maybe they got a long enough coax line. From the den into the kitchen. Maybe. Uh, that was pretty funny. It was like just plopped it right <laughs> up on the sink. Yeah, we never had a TV in uh, our kitchen. No. Well, wait a minute. We could have brought one into the kitchen. Uh, that would have been super heavy. And then we would have <laughs> had to bring it back downstairs. Yep. So uh, we see that Krusty has a new sidekick uh, because of the lawsuit. And it's uh, Mrs. Ms. No Means No. <laughs> and I like how Krusty like, notices that it, the new sidekick's hot. She's like, you want to want to go out to dinner after work? And she blows her whistle and holds up her side and says no. It's like a wily Coyote thing. Yeah. And uh, Krusty says he has dinner with all of his employees and tries to get Sideshow Mel to back him up. And it's like, I haven't ever spoken to you outside of work. <laughs> Uh, you know, um, the only time I think I've ever ate, eaten a meal, ate a meal, ate a meal with, uh, like a boss, um, was before I even got hired. So when I, uh, when I interviewed for the NBC station here in green Bay, the assistant news director and the news director took me out for lunch as part of the interview. Oh, but outside of that, yeah, I don't think I've ever had a meal with a boss outside of work. That's kind of weird. Yeah. I Well, yeah. I, I mean, mean, it depends on friends. the industry. I mean, not as friends. I mean, yeah. Best Buy, no. Target, no. Hollywood Video, I was the boss. So I guess I went out to dinner with myself. That doesn't count. Oh, okay. Sad. <laughs> that doesn't, that doesn't <laughs> All right. Uh, You're but, your own best friend. I'm my own best friend. Yeah. And so Bart says he's surprised because he didn't try to blame it on his uh, Percodin, Percodin prescription. And... And then it cuts back to the show where Krusty starts blaming it on his Percodin prescription and says it'll rot your brain. Now a word from their new sponsor, Percodin. 
Percinate. Uh, it's probably Percocet. Yeah, probably. Yeah. And so Marja steps in front of the TV. She's like, Bart, are you ready for your history test? Oh, you bet, Mom. Ask me anything. Okay. Who was George Rosie Carver? <laughs> um, the guy who chopped up George Washington? <laughs> and then Homer's like, really? Wow. Oh, my God. <laughs> hey. No, he invented the peanut. Yes. Dude, okay, look. Bart, I would say Bart's answer was pretty damn clever. It was clever, but wrong. <laughs> and clever doesn't get you anywhere in school. <laughs> nope. Unless you want, you're going for the class clown, then it gets you everywhere. Yeah. Um, Especially see, detention. Yes. <laughs> uh, and then we see uh, uh, the box of cereal uh, Bart is eating, and it's his Crustios. And it comes uh, free inside one jagged metal Crustio. <laughs> why would you put that in there? And why is that a prize? <laughs> yeah. Well, it's crusty. I... It's crusty. Could they have just done like a gold-plated Crustio? I mean, it would have probably still made Bart sick, but it probably wouldn't have killed him. Well, first of all, we'll get into the whole <laughs> the whole thing in, in a minute, but um, it's crusty. He is, they probably are like, uh, sir, we found some metal pieces in the cereal. I just market them as prizes. <laughs> yeah, probably. Uh, maybe, well, would it just be one or like five or six or something? I don't know. Uh, but then we see a close up of the spoon of Bar- that Bart's eating yeah. his cereal. We see the crusty go right down his mouth. Now, here's my question Did he just swallow his food whole? He because, must have. Because you'd have to chew, and if he chewed his food, he would have. Chewed know, metal. Chewed metal and he would have spit it out. So he just, I would never recommend swallowing your food whole. I, so the only time I've ever swallowed my food whole <laughs> was if, but I was a kid and I wanted to get dough and dinner really fast. And it was nice. We had like Mac and cheese. Oh, I yeah. would literally swallow forkfuls of Mac and cheese whole. Just to how get did done you with... not choke? Cause I'm awesome. It's kind of like Jello. I mean, you don't really yeah. chew Jello. No, I mean, I kind of mush the Jello and then swallow. Yeah. So, or or I always had my because I could never swallow pills. So mom would stick a pill in a random uh, macaroni, uh, and that and I would just swallow it whole. What kind of pills were you taking as a kid? I don't know Tylenol, whatever it oh. was. What did like if you weren't okay? Yeah. And so Marge asked Bard if you if he was going to study. And uh, Bart starts complaining that his stomach hurts. Like, immediately, it's like, oh, I think my stomach's hurt. I gotta now stay here, home. Now, here's the problem. If you're swallowing a metal object, it's gonna <laughs> destroy your throat before it gets into your stomach. And you're yes. probably not gonna even feel it right away. Nope. Well, yeah. I mean, it would probably... Well, it's gotta go to his stomach. I mean, I don't even know how you would... Well, we, we learned that he, his appendix is gonna burst... But I don't think that has anything to do with no. your stomach system. No, it doesn't. The biology well, on this whole episode is completely whack. But like, so like it's a jagged piece of metal. Not only would it tear up his throat and esophagus, it would start tearing <laughs> up his stomach. Yep. Yeah, I don't think your stomach and acid is uh, boiling that sucker down. But I don't think the appendix has anything to do with the, 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 the esophagus and, and, and your gut. Um, I'm no biologist, but I'm, I'm pretty sure that's how our body works. I'm no medical expert, 
Maybe I'll, just I'll play call, one on TV. We, yeah. <laughs> we should have called our cousin on this one. We should have. Sure I'm sure he would have hung up the phone. I was like, like uh, cousin Dan, uh, <laughs> if you swallowed a jagged piece of metal, would it affect your appendix? Click. <laughs> that would have been great. We should have called him. Well, we probably we probably should have had him on for the episode. That would have been great. That would have been good. Is he a Simpson? I don't know if he's a Simpson fan, but he, uh, I think he used to watch The Simpsons. Not anymore, yeah. but yeah, maybe on a heavy, uh, maybe on a heavy doctor episode. That's what we should do. Yes. Okay. So anyway, Lisa actually believes Bart is telling the truth, which yeah. is odd, yeah. but but. Homer says, when you get to be their age, you learn a thing or two. If a sign says, do not feed the bears, you better not feed the bears. <laughs> Why does he still have a bear attached to his arm? I don't know. And Homer, hold, and Homer holds up his arm with a cub attached to it. What happened? Uh, he went to the zoo. But why does he have the bear with them? Why would the zoo know. take it back? Okay, okay, maybe not the zoo. Well, we do know there are bears in Springfield. There are. There are bears so, around Springfield. So maybe okay, it so, was out. Maybe it was out at the uh, old uh, the weather station up by yeah. uh, spring the Springfield sign. And he fed the cub, and the cub attached himself. And always like, well, this isn't coming off, so he went home. Oh, this thing's cute and cuddly. He's coming home with me. Yeah. Now, obviously, he slept with it on his arm overnight, right? I guess. Or maybe Mar- Marge that would morning? have just noticed that he had a bear on his arm. I don't know. It's like the, the toaster thing from the Halloween episode. Dad, your hand's caught in the toaster. <laughs> what? <laughs> uh, not canon. Anyways. Uh, no, but I'm, same theory. Yes. Um, and so Homer ups and sends Bart to school. Off you go. Yep. And so Edna's uh, passing out the test, and she's like, uh, Bart's like, Mrs. Grabapple, I can't take the test. I have a stomach ache. Well, that's a lame excuse for an excuse. Ha! <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it is a lame excuse, uh, but... For Bart, for Bart, that is pretty lame. I feel like at that point, you might have to believe him. Yeah. And yeah. Bart's like, look, if you ignore me and I die, you'll get in a lot of trouble. And she... <laughs> puts a book on Bart's desk. Uh, she read, uh, read page six of the school charter and Bart reads it. He's like, no teacher shall be held accountable. If Bart Simpson dies. <laughs> oh, wow. Well, he does get into a lot of crazy antics. I don't think they yeah. want the responsibility on that one. Yeah. And Krabappel's like, we're also absolved. If Bill house gets eaten by the school snake. And, uh, which he has been eaten by the school snake. Yes. And, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll get to, and, and there's a bunny in there with him. Yep. That was, uh, how is he alive? Well, is the this... snakes, well, the snake swallows them whole. They can just cut him out. Yeah. But shouldn't he be dead? Cause of all the acid and the snake to break down Millhouse. Eh, it takes a bit. Okay. Like so... I think snakes don't have to eat for like 24 to like 48 hours after a good meal. Because I think that stuff is breaking it down on the inside. So I don't think it, I don't think he necessarily would die. Now, like a mouse or something small, yeah, that'd probably die pretty instantaneously. But a full grown human might take a little bit. Yeah. So now uh, time passes by and Bart tells uh, Edna that he's done (laughs) failing the test because he didn't study. He's sick. He probably just answered all of them D. Yep. And he's, uh, he's like, can I go to the nurse now? And Mrs. Krabappel's like, Maybe you are really in pain, Bart. 
And she's like, it would be cool not to let him go. And then she just starts fiddling with her nails with a, a nail filer and humming to herself. And for like a, like 30 seconds, she's like, all right, now you can go to the nurse. Jesus Christ. I, I, like, look, I understand that Bart is kind of a bad kid, but holy crap, man. Have you ever, have you ever had to tell the teacher you had to go to like the nurse's office, the bathroom, something like that. And just, they so, wouldn't let you go. So the only time, like I've, I mean, usually if I ask to go to the bathroom, I usually am let, I've, I've, I've the only time I've ever really needed to see a school nurse. Um, and I don't think Jefferson elementary had a school nurse, um, was, uh, I had a really bad headache and a really bad fever, but like, otherwise I felt like it was just like, a I don't know if it was a migraine, but like the rest of me felt fine. It was just like a head thing. And, uh, the teacher, like, let me just not do class that day. And they had a couch in her room. So I just <laughs> laid on a couch with a cold, uh, compress on my head. The, the weird thing was, so mom and dad were working that day, so they couldn't just come get me. And, um, uh, towards the end of the day, mom was able to get me before school got let out, like the last like hour or so we get home and I felt fine. The okay. entire day, the entire day felt like shit, headache, you know, I, I I wasn't nauseous or anything, but like mom comes, get me, get home. I felt fine. And the shitty thing was, is we had a, so I had a soccer game that day and I made the decision not to go play. Cause I wasn't sure what was wrong with me. And I was fine after that. Like I, I don't, my body apparently hated me that day. Okay. Yeah. That was weird. What about you? <laughs> um, no, I mean, well, I guess bathroom, third grade, teacher didn't think I had to go to the bathroom. Did you pee yourself? Yeah, it wasn't good because uh, the damn teacher wouldn't let me go. So yeah. I had an Edna Krabappel type teacher. Um, yeah. Little no, asshole. Fortunately, fortunately, I've never, I've never had an Edna Krabappel type teacher like that. Yeah. Um, so now we see that lunch lady Doris is also the school nurse due to budget cuts. Yep. Because as we've seen in the last two episodes, the school district has no money. Yep. And uh, she mentions to Bart that uh, groundskeeper Willie is teaching French and we cut to the French <laughs> class and he goes, bonjour, you cheese eating surrender monkeys. <laughs> God, it's great. That's uh, awesome. Because, oh, you know, the French always surrender. Yep. That's fantastic. Um, so Bart tells her that his stomach really hurts. And she's like, well, all I can do is give you Prozac. Yeah. Uh, which one would you like? Manic depressive mouse or the blue bird of unhappiness? <laughs> uh, I don't, th I don't think a uh, Prozac is going to do anything for an appendix. No. Or a stomach. Cause he said or his stomach yeah. hurt. Then no, yeah. we don't actually know it's his appendix. That is true. Uh, so, uh, Bart, uh, Bart eventually faints to the ground. And, uh, as he does, Skinner brings Chalmers, and to introduce him to the quote unquote new nurse <laughs> and Chalmers like, Oh, that's nice. That's nice. Uh, why is there a child, child laying on the floor? <laughs> uh, and Skinner good. and Skinner pulls at his shirt collar. Cause he's like, oh boy. Uh, and he changes the subject. Uh, when the school snake, he's like, 
Oh, look, look out this way. And the school snake passes by with a few more kids in his stomach. I think Rod was in there too. I, I don't, I, I couldn't tell you. All I, all I could tell was Milhouse cause he was already there. Yeah. Why wouldn't you just cut Milhouse out at that point and just kill the snake? Yep. I'm why, sure they I, did. I'm sure why does the only elementary way they... school have a pet snake? Uh, I don't know. Didn't our elementary, maybe our elementary school didn't have any pet animals. Like guinea, guinea pigs, rabbits, uh-uh. birds. Uh, not that I remember. No, it was a while ago. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, uh, Bart is then taken to the hospital where he's already in surgery and Dr. Hibbert reassures Bart that he's going to be fine, which, uh, why is Dr. Hibbert isn't a surgeon? Isn't he? I thought, I, I, I thought he was a pediatrician. No, he's a big, he's a doctor for everything, man. There's no such thing. I don't know. Doesn't he see, uh. He sees Homer and Marge like when when they were pregnant. He went to go. They went to go see the OBGYN too. So, for those of you who don't know how the <laughs> medical field works, you specialize in certain things. You don't specialize in everything. You have a specialty and you stick to it. Well, no, I mean, I guess I don't know how like small town doctors work. I mean, I feel like they have to know at least a little bit of everything. If like so. You're a- so here's the thing in a small town, you probably have a pediatrician. You maybe have like a very tiny hospital that can handle like sickness, but like probably not a surgery. You'd probably have to go to a bigger city for that. Maybe. I guess I don't know how that works. Um, Once so, again, we probably should have had our cousin on. Yeah, probably he would know. Um, and then we uh, go up to the viewing, uh, the viewing area up top because <laughs> surgeries used to have surgery rooms used to have that back in the day for like students and whatnot yep. to watch. And they still probably have viewing rooms, but not like the circular kind yeah. that we see in this episode. Um, and Homer and Marge are watching and Homer has a foam finger for some reason. <laughs> and he's like, man, I could really go for a hot dog right now. And Marge is like, Homer, we're in an operating room. Um, so basically telling Homer, you're not going to get a hot dog. Um, but then a hot dog vendor comes by to give Homer a hot dog. Yep. Get your hot dogs here. Um, okay. I guess, uh, first of all, you would not be allowed to have food in that room. Well, I don't know. It's, it's, it's sealed off. It's like a glass case. So you don't have to worry about contaminating the actual operating room. Well, unless you have Doc Nick Nick Riviera assisting you, yes. Why is uh, he assisting Doctor Hibbert? I, again, I don't know. <laughs> maybe he was. Maybe maybe he's trying for surgery. I don't know. <laughs> but uh, Nick Riviera is assisting Doctor Hibbert with the surgery, and he tells Bart he's going to count to three. And when he when he gets there, Bart will be fast asleep. He's like one, two, three, and then. The camera goes black because Bart's eyes shut. Yep. And then right as uh, Dr. Hibbert is about to cut into Bart, Bart <laughs> wakes up and he screams. <laughs> and Dr. Uh, uh, Dr. Nick is like, whoopsie. <laughs> Maybe if I fiddle with these knobs. Hey, I smell gas. Pleasant gas. Night, night, night gas. gas. So he didn't even have the gas hooked <laughs> up properly. How did Dr. Hibbert not be affected by that? Uh, he's had enough, uh, gas in his life that he's immune. Uh, maybe. I don't know. 
Um, so then Bart wakes up from surgery and he's surrounded by the rest of the family and they're, you know, they're all happy. He's okay. And Homer tells Bart, he's glad he's alive to which Bart responds. No, thanks to you, Homer, because yeah. it's true. Homer's yep. the one that sent Bart to school. Bart was right. Um, and so Homer starts choking Bart. Yep. Because, you know, it's, it's yep, he's making, yeah, it's, yeah, he's like, hey, you can't, you can't tell me that I'm wrong. Yeah. And Dr. Hibbert runs in to stop Homer and mentions <laughs> that Bart just went through major <laughs> surgery. Yeah, uh, you yeah. probably should be to- choking your Bart at all, let alone no. right after major surgery. Um, and, so neither of us have had our appendixes removed. Nope. I still have my little guy in here. Uh, what but does they, it do? Nothing. It's literally a useless organ. <laughs> Except, Thanks, body. Thanks, you know body, it, for giving me something I don't need anymore. You know what it does? It can make you. It can make you very uh, upset in the abdomen area, yep. because they do burst. Yeah. So I believe as like as a small like a small child, the the appendix actually has a function, and then eventually that function goes away. I think. Yeah. It's it's literally once you're an adult, it's a useless, yeah. useless organ. Yeah. But you don't need to take it out. You like you people just don't go be like I don't need it anymore. Let's just take it out. No, I mean, it's, you technically could. Yeah, but it's like your tonsils. You don't technically no, need your tonsils. But would you? Would you want to pay? Uh, we, remember, we're not, we're not in Canada, man. We just <laughs> don't go in for procedures and well, come out with them. Being, although I almost did have my tonsils removed because of strep throat. Yeah, to, that's the only bad part about tonsils is, is yeah. strep throat, which I've had on numerous occasions. You should have um, had your tonsils taken out then. Yeah, probably would have been smart. Uh, but Dr. Hibbert tells Bart uh, why he was in pain and he is showing the kids uh, his class. I mean, I don't ever went to a visit a sick kid in from my class in school. unless maybe Not like in the best. hospital. Yeah. But he's chosen the, their cool, his cool scar. It tells him he gets to miss a week of school. And yeah, Milhouse, but... yeah that's a good, a good thing. And Milhouse like, can I have my appendix taken out? And all the kids are like, yeah, yeah, we want ours out. And he's, he was like, well, why not? And he's like, follow me, kids. Prep these kids for surgery. Um, I'm pretty sure you need parents' permission to do that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Lisa tells Bart uh, she is glad he's okay and kisses him on the cheek and walks off only to hear jazz music being played. And yeah. she finds out that Bleeding Gums Murphy is in the hospital. And they haven't seen each other since uh, Moaning Lisa, which was way back in, what, season two or three? Two, I believe. Two, I think? No, is it Moaning Lisa season one? Is it season one? Man. Um, I'm pretty sure it is. Isn't it? Am I wrong? I haven't. Man, it's been a while. Um, Not season one. Uh, sixth episode of the first season. Oh, it was season one? Yeah, you're right. Yeah, yeah season one. Man, it's been a been a, <laughs> it's been a chunk of time, man. It's been a hot minute. Yeah, just a little bit. And so we get a flashback uh, to Moaning Lisa of them playing on the bridge, and yep. uh, Bleeding Gums Murphy asks why she is here, and Lisa mentions that you know Bart has his, has his <laughs> appendix removed, and. Uh, Prince, uh, sorry, principal bleeding of Murphy asks if he's going to be okay. She's like, yeah. Yeah. Well, no, well, no, Bart comes by. Yeah. Bart, Bart comes. Yeah. Bart goes by. Hello. I'm Dr. Cheeks. 
I'm doing my rounds and uh, I'm a little behind. God damn so, it. So, yeah, he's going to be just <laughs> fine. Uh, I love the fact that Bart, how did Bart draw eyes on his butt cheeks? The same way he drew tread on me on his ass. Like, holy, he is talented with a marker. Yes. Oh, one other thing. I didn't realize it. We didn't write it down, but I want to go back to one other one other thing quickly. Krusty's yeah. Perkinin addiction was yeah. last mentioned in Mr. Plow. The addiction oh. is yet another similarity between Krusty and Jerry Lewis. Ah, uh, yes. That is, Forgot to mention that, is, that, but I do yeah. want to get that out there before, before we got too much farther. And before we even go farther, so, so Bart just had a bad appendix, but they also removed the jagged... Crustio? Uh, I don't know. You're right. I didn't even think about that. Because that would have been in his stomach, not in his appendix. Like, wait, did they remove it? Yeah, because Dr. Hippo was like, oh, here's the culprit. Yeah. So, I guess they took, ec- oh, you know what I bet it was? They probably took a CAT scan or CT scan of his, like, stomach. Stomach. And so you nice. get you get appendix, intestines, stomach. Plus, they probably didn't know what was really wrong. Uh, that's possible. You know what I mean? All they said was his stomach hurt. So maybe they remove. Oh God, can you even do like a stomach surgery and an appendectomy in the same time? I mean, it's all in the same area of your body, so I guess I wouldn't see why not. Okay, we we really need a doctor. <laughs> we really need a doctor. <laughs> help, help. If you're a doctor and you listen to this podcast, please call our number and let us know how wrong or, we are about or everything. Or email us. Or email us. We'll give you all that at the end of the episode, so stay yeah. tuned. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, Murphy is glad that Lisa was there because he's his, she's his first visitor. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Lisa asks about his family and Bleedy Gums is like, I don't really have a family. All I had was a little brother who grew up to become a doctor. <laughs> he used to laugh at the most inappropriate times. And the doctor was like, <laughs> hey, I've got an older brother that I'd never see. He's a jazz musician or some such. <laughs> so Bleeding Gums Murphy and Dr. Hibbert are brothers. And I think it was also mentioned in an earlier episode as well. Um, Maybe Mona and Lisa. No, what? You know what? I think you're right, but we also get a future episode. Oh. Of, I'm, I'm talking season 32 or 33. Oh. I can't shit. remember if it was last ep- last season or not, but okay. there is a bleeding, gum, bleeding gums, and we kind of learn the whole uh, Dr. Hibbert thing. It all comes, comes around full circle, you know, 26, 27 years later. Wow. So... Keep it, keep it. It'll be, it'll be quite a few years before we get to that episode, folks. But yeah, if you you haven't seen it yet, go watch. I believe it was last season. It's really cool. Uh, Lisa and the whole jazz thing comes back to light and it was a really good episode. So I I highly recommend going back and watching that one, guys, if you haven't. Mm. Um, And so, uh, you know, Lisa says it must uh, be sad, you know, not to have any family. And uh, he, uh, Murphy says he's always had music and, you know, in his heart. And uh, we get another flashback to how Murphy got his start. And uh, young Bleeding Gums Murphy and his mentor, Blind Willie Witherspoon. <laughs> um, it's like, Blind Willie's like, I've been playing jazz for 30 years. I can't, I just can't make a go of it. And he hands Bleeding Gums Murphy a saxophone case. He's like, I want you to have my saxophone. And Bleeding Gums opens the case like, 
this isn't a saxophone. It's an umbrella. <laughs> so I've been playing an umbrella for 30 years? Why didn't anybody <laughs> tell me? <laughs> because Murphy just chugs like, we all thought it was funny. Hold up. Hold up. How, th- how did you not know it was an umbrella? He's blind, not like... A, he's not deaf. Yeah. B, he's got his hands. I mean, I get, I get, I get. That's the joke. He's a blind man. Blind man. He can't, you know, see what well, he's you doing. Here, it's not like yeah. he's deaf. You I just said that he's not Helen Keller. Exactly. I don't know. That was. I don't know. That was just random and kind of funny. Yes. Uh, and then Murphy mentions how he got his first big break on the Steve Allen's uh, Tonight Show. Yep. And. Uh, Steve, I love how Bleeding Us Murphy is in the background just playing jazz music while Steve Allen is like, here, uh, why don't you guys read my book, How to Make Love to Steve Allen? Happiness is a Naked Steve Allen. Journey to the Center of Steve Allen. And The Joy of Cooking Steve Allen. Uh, also, Steve Allen was voiced by himself. Yep, that was pretty cool. That's yeah. uh Glad well, they, he like he, he does that. like twinkle twinkle little st- like he does like a rendition of twinkle twinkle little star to go <laughs> into his pitch about his books. Yeah, that was pretty funny. Yeah. And uh, Bleeding Gus Murphy, you know, plays the saxophone um, in the background, which I thought yeah. was I mean, it, I guess it was OK. I thought I thought when you get your big break on a talk show, it's and we got our musical guest, Bleeding yes. Gus Murphy. But yeah. it was like he was like a backup musician, I guess. Yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know. It was really weird. And so then we get Bleeding Gums Murphy. He talks about his first album. He's like, I cut my first and only album, Sax on the Beach. But then I spent all my money on my 1,500-a-day uh, habit. And we uh, scene goes to Bleeding Gums Murphy standing at a uh, counter of a fancy department store. And Bleeding Gums like, I'd like another Fabergé egg, please. And Starlick's like, sir. Don't you think you've had enough? I'll tell you when I've had enough. So he's eating these Fabergé eggs? No, he's buying. It's like us buying Funko Pops. Yes. He's collecting them. Oh, okay, cool. I thought he was eating them. Why would there? Do you know what a Fabergé egg is? (laughs) Yes. God, I can't remember what that was on. What what show was that on? I, I don't know. There was a show where someone actually ate Fabergé eggs. That's what I, my, my brain was thinking of when I was thinking of this. Uh, okay. Can't, I honestly can't remember. Was it Ben? It wasn't Bender, was it? Oh, it might have been a Futurama episode. I think it was a Futurama thing. Yeah. I can't. I honestly can't remember. Um, but yeah, Lisa asks, you know, when the last time he worked was. And then we get a flashback of the Cosby show. And uh, on the Cosby show, Cliff comes. He's like, hey, kids, meet Grandpa Murphy. And he's like, but we have three grandpas already. This one's a great jazz musician. Oh, they all are. (laughs) Oh, Oh, you see the kids? They listen to the rap music. Which gives them the brain damage (laughs) with their hipping and the hopping and the bipping and the bopping. So they don't know what the jazz is all about. You see, jazz is like <laughs> Jello pudding pop. No, actually, it's more like Kodak film. No, actually, jazz is like new Coke. It'll be around forever. <laughs> oh my god! So, so, so somebody, great. somebody actually <laughs> took this scene and like. Made it into a song where, he, like, I don't know what they did, but they like sped it up in a way 
to make it seem like he's singing the lines. Oh it's my fantastic. god! Fantastic. Oh, this is so. That was so great. I anytime, absolutely any, love it. Anytime I see this scene, my mind goes to that music video. <laughs> the bippin' and the boppin' and the hippin' and the hoppin'. The kids yo. don't know what the jazz is all about. <laughs> I mean, it was just fantastic. Like. But but the fact that they they rip on the Cosby show because that's really like the Cosby show is always like yeah it was about family and but yeah. they always had all these special guests on I never on the watched Cos- the Cosby on the Cosby show. show it was I mean I caught it every once in a while I wasn't like yeah. a whole hardcore watch or anything but yeah it's I absolutely fantastic I love that love that cutscene with Bleeding Goes Murphy and Bleeding Goes Murphy did have a line. Like, that was the best part. Like, I mean, maybe he did after that scene, but I felt like he just introduced him and be like, yeah, look, you're on the Cosby show. Um, maybe he played the saxophone. Who knows? Yeah. Um, and Lisa's like, uh, yeah, you've had quite the career, but it seems the moral to jazz is that it leaves you sad and lonely. And Lady Gums Murphy agrees with Lisa. And that's until she came to visit. Yeah. Yeah. But so, as as we'll see, that's a little bit of foreshadowing. Yep. And so we get Kent Brockman doing the news. It's like, oh, this okay. just in. Trusty <laughs> the Clown staged a press conference today to defend himself against the charges that his products are unsafe. His theme park is a death trap. That's true. And that he's marketing videos of Tanya Harding's wedding night. <laughs> Great. Oh, beautiful. But his theme park is a death trap. It is. Oh, yes. After the robots try to kill you. Yeah. Although, was that really his? That literally wasn't his theme. Park. That was Krusty Land. Oh, or I thought we were talking about Itchy and Scratchy Land. Oh, that it was Itchy and Scratchy. Yeah. Land. But Itchy but and I Scratchy is a property of Krusty. Maybe. I guess so. Well, is it or is it Roger? Is it? I guess I don't know how that works. Yeah, I don't know. Oh, maybe it was. Uh, maybe it was the studio. Yeah, that's then what Krusty, I was thinking. But then I was thinking it was Itchy and Scratchy Land. Only because that's the only theme park we've ever seen. Exactly. Yep. So unless you open up another one that we just don't know about. That's also a possibility. Yeah. So we uh, cut to Krusty's press <laughs> conference where he says the tourists were decapitated <laughs> before they entered the Krusty House of Knives. Okay. So maybe he opened up he his did, own. Oh, he must have opened up his own. Yeah. Oh, my God. That's hilarious, though. Uh, and then a reporter asks about Bart getting appendicitis. Um, and we we see Bart there with Lionel Hutz at this press conference. Yep. Which uh, it's crazy that they got that he he asked Lionel Hutz to represent him. Yeah. For this type of thing. Well, I mean, it's the only lawyer they know. Yeah. Um, And uh, Krusty says to prove that the metal Krusty is harmless. He eats one. (laughs) And he's like, I'm. Oh, God. Oh. And he likes he like jerks around and he falls to the floor and he starts flailing about. (laughs) <laughs> and uh he's like oh my god it, it it hurts so much and mel goes up to him he's like crusty you ate the regular crustio crusty's like it's poison <laughs> I know. And so it's maybe fun. maybe maybe bart was poisoned by the crustios ah, it wasn't the jagged metal i mean i'm sure that had part of it but could have been the crustios too now it's funny because you look at the animation yeah crusty is holding a crustio. It's not metal yes. or jagged. Yes. It's a. Yeah. It's an actual. So I wonder if he was trying. Well, no. I mean, I don't think he was trying to fake it. No, I don't think he was trying to fake it. 
he probably thought that's what they handed him and he never really looked at it and he never really tried to like squish it. He's just like, I want to pop it in and he just swallowed it. Yeah. Yeah. Like a Perkadin. Like a Perkadin. Yeah. <laughs> oh God. So, and we see Lisa, um, back in the hospital visiting bleeding gums, Murphy and, uh, bleeding gums. I uh, was like, so y'all set for your recital. Lisa's like, I sure am. Look. And she points to her teeth. I stopped brushing my teeth so I can play just like you. Um, <laughs> now, you played clarinet. I, I didn't stop brushing my teeth to play better. I, okay. But I can only assume it's not going to make you play better with a bunch of plaque on your teeth. Hey, you don't really notice. And uh, Bleeding Gums uh, tells Lisa, Oh, Lisa, honey, your music comes from what's in your heart, not what's on your teeth. Yep. And yeah. Okay. I agree with that. And so Bleeding Gums Murphy uh, starts playing the saxophone and Lisa uh, starts singing Jazzman by Carol King, which is an absolute banger of a song. It's Never funny heard that it. she starts singing. Like, I thought they were going to play together. I mean, they kind of well, do. Well, they do. They do eventually. Yeah. But I didn't know she was such a good singer, I guess. Yeah. Well, she's she's a musical talent. What can we say? Yeah. So, uh, yeah, um, this is a banger of a scene. Uh, we see people start dancing and like kind of like healed up from the music because <laughs> you see a guy with like a cast on his leg dancing too. <laughs> yeah. Oh, uh, that's great. And then we cut to a different room and a guy's heart monitor like beeps to the rhythm. It's got like the little notes in the heart monitor. That was kind of cool. Yep. And, uh, and then we cut to Dr. Hibbert in the surgery room where he has sewn I heart jazz on a guy's chest, which I don't think the wound was that big. So that guy's going to wake up in a lot of fucking pain. Hey, man, would it be cool? Well, look, what's what's more painful, getting a tattoo or having a scar in the shape of I heart jazz? Uh, the second one. Oh, OK. I mean, I don't have a tattoo, so I don't I don't know. Um, but I can only imagine the tattoo pain is probably going to subside pretty quickly, but having stitches in your, you know. Um, so then we see uh, Barney is at the uh, hospital and he walks from the detox center into the retox center. Why would they have that at a hospital? And why uh, does Mo have a bar at a hospital? Because the detox center. So he can oh. get people back on the booze. So and Mo closes his bar way too randomly. <laughs> I guess. Um, and so Barney goes, Hey Mo, what do you get me for a double A chip? Uh, Mo's like, uh, Barney, this is a five minute chip. So he's literally been sober, sober for five, five minutes. Yes. <laughs> and Mo just shrugs his, uh, shoulders like, eh, it's worth a Pabst. Yep. So apparently Pabst is, exists in the Simpsons universe. Nice. Eh, it's good college beer. And so now we cut back. To Bleeding Gums Murphy and Lisa finishing up Jazzman. And for good luck, Bleeding Gums Murphy hands Lisa his saxophone. He and knew he was out. He knew he was checking yep, out. Yep. Oh, God. So now we go to the school and there's a banner on the outside. It says tonight, <laughs> school recital, sold out. Wow. Tomorrow, tomorrow, Barbara Streisand. Tickets still available. Oh my god! <laughs> no one wants to see Barbra Streisand. Uh, no, 
Didn't South Park have like a whole episode making fun of? Oh, oh no, it was the did. Trapper Keeper, and they got Mega Streisand. Mega Streisand. Yep. Yeah. Okay. So now we see Skinner addressing the audience, and he's like, "Now I have learned that most of the orchestra is having their a- a- appendices removed. So without further ado." I give you the remnants of the Springfield <laughs> Elementary School Orchestra on saxophone, Lisa Simpson. Okay, so he says orchestra. This would technically be a, um, oh, what is it called? Not a symphony orchestra. There's a term for it because I was in one. It's like, it's a mix of like, like band and orchestra, but I can't remember the name. Um, technically this isn't even an orchestra because these are all band instruments. So, oh, Skinner. Um, but anyways, Lisa Simpson on saxophone, on triangle, Martin Prince, and with a flute up his, his nose. nose. <laughs> Ralph <Wiggles. laughs> That's and a nice Ralph, flutin' boy. <laughs> Ralph blows a couple of notes through his nose. <laughs> Chief Wiggum's like, that's some nice flutin'. And Skinner's like, they will be playing Stars and Stripes forever. Hopefully not forever. <laughs> that was great. I love Wiggum's line. Yeah. Nice flutin' boy. <laughs> boy. Uh, so Lisa, Martin, and Ralph start playing. And honestly, they don't even sound that bad. No, for three they sound people. pretty good, yeah. For Stars and Stripes, for two second graders and a fourth grader. Because Martin's a fourth grader. Yep. Um, and the audience boos them. Which, that's a little rude. It's three people, man. Three your kids. kids are, your kids are trying to play a song. So Lisa hears the booze and she's like, screw this. And she does a solo. Yep. And the audience like cheers and they're happy for. Her. And um, so the recital's over. I guess Marge dropped her back off the hospital. Yeah, I guess so. And she runs uh, to Bleeding Gums Murphy's room to tell her, tell him how good she was. Unfortunately, Bleedingham's Murphy has passed away. Yep. Sad day. That's sad. Yep. Um, and then we see uh, Lisa goes to the bridge where they first met and she starts crying. And then she's back at home crying some more. And Homer, of all people, goes to check up on her. Yep. And Homer tries to console Lisa, but she says Bleedingham's Murphy is the only person who shared her love for music. And uh, that's yeah, true. Yeah. And because, well, Homer kind of did like when Homer needed cheering up, she played the saints go marching over there. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I feel like Homer kind of appreciated her music. Not all the time. He's always but, like, but shared. Yeah, shared. I guess. Yep. And Maggie hands Lisa her pacifier to, you know, <laughs> cheer her up. Uh, yeah. And I mean, nice little Maggie, but she yeah. had another one. So she's yeah. cool with it. And yeah. then Lisa asks why he did, why he had to die. And Homer brings up the fact that Snowball got run over. I mean, remember that time Snowball got hit by a car? We can just head down to the pound and get yourself another new. Or it's like, what I'm saying is all we have to do is go down to the pound and get a new jazz man. <laughs> God, Homer. Dad. Yeah, yeah. that's uh, not Oof. right. And Homer's like, I blew it again. And Maggie sticks her pacifier in Homer's mouth and he starts sucking <laughs> on it. Oh, well, it makes him feel better. Yeah, just like Maggie. Yeah. And uh, yeah, Lisa is now in the treehouse where Bart goes to talk to her. <laughs> He's like, hey, Lisa, you still upset about the jazz guy? And Lisa gives, you know, like a big grunt. And Bart's like, if it helps, 
I believe that after you die, you can come back as whatever you want. I'll be a butterfly. <laughs> it's like, how come? Because nobody ever suspects the butterfly. God, I use that so many times. I don't think I I've ever used it. that line. I use it. Oh, my God. Just like anytime I'm about to do anything suspicious, I'm like, I'm going to turn into a butterfly. Because nobody ever suspects the butterfly. Oh, I love it. So we, so we see a uh, Bart as a butterfly, and we see Skinner getting hauled away because the school's got burnt out. He's like, it's the butterfly, I tell you, the butterfly. And Bart's sitting here with a gas can. <laughs> yeah. uh, and framing Skinner for burning down the school. <laughs> I tell as... you, it was the butterfly. Oh, that was great. <laughs> love that. Favorite part of the episode. I love that part. I, I'm, That's a good I'm, part. That's a I good love part. It. Uh, and Lisa says she needs to talk to someone who has more wisdom. <laughs> and so she goes to Abe. And Abe um, tells him, Did she say more wisdom? More wisdom? Maybe. Yeah. yeah, that's what she said, but she goes to Abe. Yep. Why wouldn't she go to Marge? Exactly. She doesn't even go to Marge at all for anything, which is kind of yeah. weird. That is a little weird. And uh, Abe tells Lisa that once you get older, death stalks you around every corner. <laughs> death! death! <laughs> uh, that's just Maggie. Maggie. <laughs> Abe said his age and his mind started playing tricks, and he freaks out and yells, Death! That's the that's cat. The death! That's Maggie again. <laughs> and so Lisa's still sad. And Marge says, no one is truly gone as long as we remember them. Oh, so she does go to Marge. Yeah. And duh. And Homer suggests Lisa to get a tattoo because it preserves the things you love. And Homer shows off his Starlight Starland vocal band tattoos like Starland vocal band. They suck. So I, the only so I was always thinking about this, like what tattoo could I get that would preserve something I love, but also not be like, oh, my God, why did I get this? And the only thing I could really come up with, because me, Ben, and a couple other friends were always talking about what tattoos we would get. Yeah. I was thinking, dude, I would love the real big fish, just the fish. Like uh-huh. I would I would do the fish and not real big fish around it. Because mm. that way I know what it is. The people yeah. that know real big fish would know what the fish is. But if I'm ever like, oh, real big fish, I would I you know what I mean? Like I, it's like yeah. a tattoo where it's like, okay, it's it's a cool looking fish, but majority of people probably wouldn't know what it is. Yeah. Uh there I would never get a tattoo. No, nope. Not Doesn't even interest a, me. No, no. Nope. Not even the pain thing, or just nope. Just doesn't interest me to get a tattoo. All right. Um, uh, now, granted, this this part really doesn't matter to me. But if I did get a tattoo, can't be buried in a Jewish cemetery. Yes, that not is that true. I want to be buried in a cemetery. Just throw my body off a cliff. <laughs> Viking funeral. Yeah, dude, do it. Cool. Do it. Cool. You have my permission. You heard it here first. If I die before Steve, he is allowed to give me a Viking funeral. Awesome. Uh, so I'll call all your friends. Well, we would probably fight over who got to shoot the arrow or we'd all shoot a flaming arrow and whoever lands it wins. Whatever. I'm dead. I don't care. Do whatever you want. And so uh, we see Abe is in the backyard <laughs> dead. A at the fountain. Well, I think it was like a bird bird bath. 
or something. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so then we cut to the Springfield Cemetery. Uh, come for the funerals, stay for the pie. That's good. That's like weird. It. That is kind of weird. Yes, <laughs> it's a um, it's a cemetery. Yes, it is kind of a cemetery. Yeah, um, kind and, of it is. Yeah. it's a Springfield Cemetery. It is. And Lisa, you know, uh, does the funeral is the old the only one at the funeral for Bleeding Gums Murphy. And Reverend Lovejoy is like, and we remember Blood and Guts Murphy. It was Bleeding Gums Murphy. Like, come on, Reverend Love. This is I. Come on. You think you would think for a reverend. He'd have more respect for the dead. Well, yeah. I mean, it's kind of weird. Like, like I mean, I get they're trying to play it off. Oh, no one knew who this guy was. But yeah. he was, look, he was around Springfield. There we go. There's your title right there. He was around Springfield. Eh, that's a um, flimsy argument. Okay. <laughs> but it's true. So, but he, I mean, yeah, he played on the street. He played in jazz clubs. But he was in Springfield for at least the last give or take maybe 10 years. Like yeah. He lived there. I'm sure yeah. he played at local jazz spots, stuff like that. Yeah, but who goes to jazz spots? Yes. But either way, I feel like regardless of if anyone would show up to the funeral, they would know he exists. It's kind of, kind of weird. Uh, yeah. Lover Lovejoy screws up again, which makes Lisa vow that she won't rest until people know who Bleeding Gums Murphy is. And Homer vows, I won't rest until I get a hot dog. <laughs> and uh, we see the hot dog vendor come up. He's like, do you just follow my husband around? Lady, she's putting my kids through college. <laughs> so uh, I wonder what other places uh, the hot dog vendor shows up. Does, everywhere. Does he just, does he just everywhere. Sit, at work, sit at work with them? Yes. Cool. Everywhere. Yeah. So at the most inopportune times. <laughs> yep. And so Lionel Hutz uh, comes by the house and says that his uh, case was settled for $100,000 minus Lionel's legal fees. And Bart's like, what kind of fees? And uh, Hutz tells him, well, I had to put together a crack team of lawyers like Robert Chaparro and Albert Dershman, who can hold three billiard balls in his mouth at once. Um, (laughs) Robert Chaparro and Albert Dershman are parodies of... Trial attorneys Robert Shapiro and Alan Dershowitz. Oh. Yep. That's pretty cool. Yeah, good parody. Good parody. So I uh, feel like I feel like Bart could have got more than a hundred grand. Right? I mean, I guess I don't know how lawsuits really work, but I guess you can't shell out too much for crusty. So so when it comes to lawsuits, there's there's punitive damages and there's um oh what's there's there's two types of damages you can sue for. One is for like, you know, medical bills and all that. And then yep. like access damage. So I feel like for 90, like in 1995, that is a very small amount of money for the amount of pain that was caused to Bart. Well, yeah, but didn't like, okay, this is, I don't, I don't know how long ago. Maybe it was the nineties. I'm not sure. But you know, remember that lady who spilled the McDonald's coffee on yeah, and, and she McDonald's won. and she won. won. But did she win like a couple million dollars from McDonald's or something? I, I, I don't remember. Um, but yeah, because of her McDonald's now, well, everybody now has yeah. to put uh, may contain like hot stuff. Yeah. Contents may be hot. Maybe hot. Thank you. Yes. And may I'm contain like... hot stuff. Yeah, that's me. Oh. <laughs> but yeah, hot no, I feel like he's coming through. 
But yeah, he probably could have gotten a lot more um, unless it was a class action lawsuit, because if it was the actual crustios that got him sick, you have to imagine other kids. Kids would have. Yeah. So a hundred grand, if it was a class action is probably a good amount. Um, and unfortunately for Bart, because of all set legal fees, he gets $500 and he's like, Bart's like $500 and Lionel Hutz is like getting nervous. Yeah. He's like, woohoo. <laughs> Cause he's, he's a 10 year old. $500 to a 10 year old is a lot of fucking money. Ten $500 to a 10 year old is like a million dollars. Right. Yeah. It's a lot of money to a 10. Now, obviously we know better than to, than to say $500. Well, I guess. $500 is probably a lot of money today, too, for a lot of people. Yeah. Which is really kind of sad to say. Um, and Bart's like, man, the things I could do with this money. And uh, we get a, a daydream of him in Vegas. He's like, 500 on red. Winner is black. You lose everything. Cool. cool. <laughs> like, he's not even angry in the daydream that he lost all that money. Because, he, dude, he got to go to a casino and bet $500 on red, man. Yeah. So now we cut to Lisa uh, going to Marge for help in remembering Bleeding Gums Murphy. And Marge suggests getting the local jazz station to help out, which that's a good idea. Yeah. Jazz. I don't know why Springfield has a jazz station, but they do. Yeah. I'd assume, I would assume in a town as small as Springfield, they would have one radio station. Well, KBBL, right? Exactly. And then... They would, if, if they were going to play, play jazz, it'd be like 2 a.m. Yeah. Um, and so um, Homer comes in. He's like, jazz is made up as it goes along. Even I could do it. And he's like, uh, and uh, Marge's like, Homer, that's Mary had a little lamb. Hold on. Let me try again. Homer, that's where he had a little lamb. You just replaced the D's with those. <laughs> with twos. Don't. Uh, yeah. Uh, so now we cut to the jazz station. Uh, K Jazz. Uh, and their slogan or sign out front says 152 Americans can't be wrong. <laughs> 152 Americans. But the problem is that apparently, according to them, their jazz station doesn't broadcast farther than their station. Yeah. So Lisa goes in and asks if they could play Bleeding Gums Murphy, uh, Bleeding Gum Murphy, Bleeding Gums Murphy's album. And they're like, well, we don't have it. And even if we did have it, the broadcast channel is only 23 feet. What? That's like, that's like half my basement. <laughs> So, what is their tower even doing on top of their station? Absolutely nothing. It must not be plugged into anything. I, I don't know. So, uh, Lisa mentions to the DJ that their station has a lot of problems. He's like, yeah, you should see our morning guy. Well, their morning guy is Hans Moleman. Hello, this is Moleman in the morning. Good Moleman to you. Today... <laughs> Part four of our series of the agonizing pain in which I live every day. Oh my God. That's great. <laughs> oh, that's fantastic. So they aren't just a jazz station. They actually have a morning talk show. I guess. Again, but it's only 23 feet. Nobody's hearing it. Yep. Um. So uh, Lisa goes. Now, I don't remember. And I'm pretty sure we have mentioned the name of comic book guys, comic book shop. 
Yeah, I'm sure we have. Okay. But anyways, for those of you who don't remember, the Android she goes to the Android's dungeon and baseball card shop, and the sign in the window, which is like a robot, says, Take me to your comic books and baseball cards. Yep. That's kind of cool. I wanna like I don't I don't really remember all any of that, so I wanted to reestablish. Um sure. and we and we see uh, comic book guy has a copy of Sex on the Beach for two hundred and fifty dollars. And um we also see uh, comic book guy is eating hummus with his fingers straight out of the container. <laughs> I mean, don't get me wrong. I love a good hummus as much as the next person. And I mean, I'm sure I've like eaten like whatever was left of a hummus on my plate with my finger. I don't think I've ever eaten it straight out of the container. Yeah. Don't do that, guys. No, it's kind of gross. Get some pita bread, put it in there. I mean, hummus can be good, but just not. It's a dip. It's not a food. I guess for comic book guy, it is a food. Apparently. Uh, So he sees that the album is $250 until Lisa mentions that bleeding goes. Murphy is dead. I was like, Oh, I didn't know he died. $500. (laughs) Yeah. That's usually what happens. Yeah. And uh, I mean, that's a dick move. Yes. Yes, it is. Right. Right in front of her bastard. But to be fair, pop culture, stuff like that. I mean, we, we all saw it, at least in, in our Funko groups, that yeah. like when Queen Elizabeth II died. Oh, my God. Fucking jackals. Fucking people with their Funko Pops of Queen Elizabeth right to eBay for like three times the cost. Yeah, it's insane. Like, come on, guys. She's not even in the ground yet. Let's let's go. Yeah. And so, you know, Lisa walks outside asking, where am I going to get $500? <laughs> this is a giant wad of cash sitting on the ground tied to a string. And I don't know if you've ever done this before. I think I've ever oh, yeah. only oh, done yeah. it one time where I tie a dollar to a string. And I've never done it with money, but I've done it with like random objects. Okay. I've done it with money. It's pretty funny. And like the string starts moving, the money keeps moving. And then we see that it's uh, burns in his car. It's like, <laughs> go faster and then they drive away and lisa's sad that she didn't get a pile of money fucking yeah. mr burns man he's an evil prick he is and so then we see bark going into the car shop and tells the comic book guy i have five hundred dollars <laughs> to blow Sh- show me what you got we have the ultimate pog a steve allen pog because he's <laughs> like because because he's the inventor of the pog yes he is and I don't know if you still have have your pogs, but I still have my pogs. Uh, you have my pogs. Do are all the pogs our pogs? Yes. Cool. I op- cracked it open once because I wanted to see them all. Got some pretty cool pogs. Unfortunately, I don't have any elf pogs. Oh. I definitely need some elf pogs to go with my collection. Yeah. It's elf in pog form. He's back in <laughs> pog form. <laughs> um, but yeah. And so before Bart buys it, Lisa walks by the store, which makes Bart look back and forth between the Pog and the Bleeding Gums Murphy album, which also costs $500. Yeah. And back and forth and back and forth. Yep. And Bart being the kind hearted kid that we all know he is. (laughs) He shows Lisa that he bought her the album for her. And Lisa asks why Bart bought the album. And he did it because she was the only one who believed him when his stomach hurt. God, it brings a tear to your eye, man. I, I mean, we've bought each other a bunch of stuff. I don't know if we've ever done it just because, like, I told you something and the rest of the family didn't believe me and you were the only one to believe me. But. Yeah. 
It pulls at your heartstrings a little yeah. bit there, man. That was good. Yeah, it does. That was. And uh, Lisa says, uh, Bart will never see that kind of money again. <laughs> and Bart says, oh, yeah. And he pulls out a box at Crustios and says, flesh-eating bacteria in every box. Why is this thing still on the shelf? <laughs> I wonder if that's the one that Crusty uh, ate. Maybe. The flesh-eating bacteria <laughs> one. Why is this thing on the shelf? It's I have no clearly idea. a dangerous product. Yep. And FDA, where are Unless you? it was meant to be a joke, I'm not sure. I don't know. Uh, and then uh, Lisa brings the album to the jazz station where the DJ gives Lisa a portable radio to listen to the album on. So apparently <laughs> she can't stay in the station to listen. Nope, and she can barely hear it outside the station. Yeah, it really doesn't work. And, uh, you know, she's trying to listen. She's not getting anything. And she's like, well, Bleeding Gums, it's the best I could do. And we got a cloud appearing over the station. And a lightning bolt hits the antenna, which apparently amplifies its broadcasting range to the rest of the town. And we see the whole town listening to Bleeding Gums Murphy's saxophone. You get Abe in the old folks' home. You get Chief Wiggum listening to his cop car radio, where they're like, <laughs> oh, uh, uh, dispatch is like, a uh, poisonous gas cloud is heading towards, and then the station just switches to the jazz station, and Wiggum is choked out by the poisonous <laughs> gas cloud. Oh, it's getting cloudy out. Green Aww. cloudy. Yeah. Um, so, and then the song ends, and uh, Lisa goes, that was for you, Bleeding Gums. And then the, the clouds in the sky gather to uh, form the head of Bleeding's gum, Bleeding Gums Murphy. Bleeding Gums is like, you've made an old jazz man happy, Lisa. And then Mufasa, first one voiced by James Earl Jones. Yep. Um, uh, forms a head in the cloud next to Bleeding Gums Murphy. You must avenge my death, Kimba. Uh, I mean Simba. So for those of you who don't know and are not familiar with that line, um, The Lion King stole shot for shot a movie uh, from, I believe it was Japan. I believe it was an anime movie called Kimba the White Lion. Shot for shot. Oh. Uh, so that was their dig at Disney, who now owns <laughs> Got another. <laughs> well, we also get Star Wars next, yeah. so. Yeah, and then we get Darth Vader and Luke. I am your father. Because, yeah. you know, I why I don't know why they pick James Earl Jones characters. I mean, obviously, so we get James Earl Jones himself. He goes, <laughs> this is CNN. <laughs> well, they should have gotten or tried to get James Earl Jones for this episode to voice Bleeding Gums Murphy. Well, see, that's the thing. I think, so the guy who does the voice for Bleeding Gums Murphy is uh, Ron Taylor. Yeah. And I always thought that James Earl Jones did Bleeding Gums. It sounds uh, so much like him. So that's probably why they did it. That's probably why they did it. Yeah. And I think that's I think that's just why they did it. And yeah, because I always thought Bleeding Gums Murphy sounded really, really similar to James Earl Jones. Okay. Um, and so Bleeding Gums is like, will you guys pipe down? I'm saying <laughs> goodbye to Lisa. We're sorry. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, God, that's fantastic. I that is probably by far one of the greatest Simpsons scenes, I think, in all of Simpsons history. It is 
fantastic. I love the animation. Uh, so Lisa tells Bleeding Gums she doesn't want him to go. And he's like, well, I have to. He's like, ah, oh, what the heck? One more time. And they play Jazz Band one more time. And Lisa sings it over the credits. And they play. And uh, we hear over the closing credits as uh, Lisa and Bleeding Gums end their duet. Lisa goes, one more time. Bleeding Gums and Murphy's like, oh, come on, Lisa. I got a date with Billie Holiday. Nice. <laughs> Uh, oh, that's good. That's fin- I I I don't care about the all the weird stuff in this episode that doesn't make sense. I love this episode. It, it's a five. Everything's coming up. Millhouse. So I said at the top of the show, it, this is a top three. It's just over. I, I mean, you get a, you get mostly an A storyline combined with a B storyline. It all, it all winds up fi- the same color in the end. Yeah, exactly. It's so good. You know, I think we we can all relate to Bart in a way where, like, you don't feel well, you don't want to go to school, and your parent like, I've actually had that happen to me before where I had strep throat, and mom's, our mom still sent me to school. <laughs> our dad was in Florida helping our grandmother move in for the winter, and... They talked on the phone and my dad didn't want me to go to school. And my mom's like, ah, he's not here. You're going to school. Like, I, I think we can all relate in some way of doing something we didn't want to do because a parent told us to do. Um, it's, it's fantastic. The jokes in this episode are top notch. Um, the end of this episode gets me every time, man. It's so emotional. It's so good. You know, this is, I feel like this is like the first episode where you kind of get like a heartbreak yeah like like you get a i mean this is the first character death yeah right um or second i can't think of anyone else that's died on the show it's either the first or the um the the one woman that abe was dating but she wasn't really a main i mean bleeding gums murphy wasn't a main character but I feel like they do such a good job with Bleeding Gums Murphy that it still connects with you on a level. Because we all have celebrity celebrities we look up to. Like Robin Williams is a huge one. Like when he passed away, oh my God, that day was sad. Yeah. Um, so that's like for Lisa. Um, and you got Bart, you know, being nice to Lisa. Because she believed in him, or believed him, not believed in him. Yep. Um, it's just, I love it. It's great. The Bill Cosby thing hits me every time because they made a rap out of it. Like, yep. it's just, I love this episode. All right. For me, though, I it's not not nearly as favoritist as, as you, unfortunately. Definitely better than last episode. I'll oh definitely, my God, definitely yeah. say that. Uh, for oh me, it's just a God, four yeah. sprinkles. Um, it's not necessarily the, I don't know. I mean, the Crustio stuff bit was kind of, I mean, it was funny. Uh, my favorite part of the whole thing was the uh, the butterfly. butterfly butterfly thing. That That is absolutely fantastic. My favorite part. But front to back, it's a great episode. Just, I don't know. There's just some little things that, you know, just don't make sense. And don't Man. really fit in 
it all, it all, it, in the end, it all. What was the little quote? <laughs> it's the same color in the it end. All comes the, it all becomes the same color, same color in the end. Exactly. Yes. I I think it, it does a great job from going from point A to point yes. B to point C. Yeah. I mean, it's good, good from start to finish. Just not one of my favorite episodes. So I'm sticking with four um sprinkles and. Also, also the Jazzman stuff is on the album. Yeah. Yep. So uh, let's uh, close it out with our character profile. And this week we have Lunch Lady Doris. Or is it Nurse Lunch Lady Doris? Nurse Lunch Lady Doris, yes. (laughs) Um, Her occupation, heavily lipsticked, bun-haired, chief food server in the Springfield Elementary Cafeteria. Mm -hmm. Uh, Her... uh, Chief preoccupation, getting the school kids the protein and iron they need in their diet on her meager budget. Yeah. <laughs> These gym mats have very little fiber in them. Not with more or testicles. Yeah. Yeah. And not, not with more horse testicles. Yep. Uh, way she adds nutrition to me- meals. Stretches meat dishes with horse te- testicles. Oh, it was right there. Yep. I got ahead of you. Yep. Always stirring something. Yes. Well, that's not really true. Nah. Uh, major Vice smokes cigarettes and does not always watch where the ashes go. <laughs> okay, I guess. Yep. Um, so, yeah, there's a little bit of Lunch Lady Doors for you guys. I think yep. we already did Bleeding Gums way back when we introduced him, so I yeah, can see why he wasn't did. in this episode. But, uh, yeah, so you guys can find us on uh, Instagram, The Simpsons Did It Pod, over at... Uh, Facebook, The Simpsons Did It Podcast. Just search it there. Uh, like, subscribe, comment on our posts. Uh, all that fun jazz over there. No pun intended. Um, <laughs> uh, if you guys like to leave us a voicemail, give us a call. 612-584-0986. Uh, listen to Jaden LeBron's voicemail and leave us a message about what you think about our podcast. Things you want to do in the see, here, see in the future. Um, if you don't want to do that, email us the Simpsons did it pod at gmail.com. If you guys like to donate to our podcast, we're always looking for a little bit of donation for giveaways and whatnot. Uh, Simpsons, uh, buy me a coffee.com. The Simpsons did it. Um, yep. Buy me coffee.com backslash the Simpsons did it. Uh, donate, donate us a couple bucks or two and, uh, we'll send you some stickers. Um, so until next time, I'm Steven Skolansky and I'm Robert Skolansky and this has been the Simpsons did it. Shh.